Welcome to The Congressional Record, a podcast by ProLegis. Each week, we bring you a deep dive into Congress's policy priorities. In this podcast, we'll cover the processes unique to the first branch of government and discuss some of the pressing policy issues legislators are working on. I'm your host, Charlene Burns, a researcher with the ProLegis policy team. Today, we bring you part two of our cryptocurrency series. In this episode, we'll be covering the issues of taxation of crypto and the energy impacts of crypto mining. There are many regulatory questions legislators are exploring in establishing frameworks for how to oversee the crypto industry. Two priority issues for policymakers this year are taxation of cryptocurrency and the energy and environmental impacts of crypto. In this episode, we'll talk about the classification of cryptocurrency and how that influences the way it's taxed, and we'll discuss the debate around how much energy cryptocurrencies are using. Looking for a simple policy brief that will give you the context necessary to write that policy memo or vote recommendation? Religious briefings are quick, no-nonsense summaries of the issues relevant to Congress. They are objective and nonpartisan. they provide key details on trending bills or policy topics, as well as resources to dive deeper from the best of the policy landscape. Each week, Prolegis publishes briefings that address the most important issues in Congress, covering a wide range of topics, including healthcare, energy and environment, finance and taxation, technology, transportation and infrastructure, social issues, and more. Sign up for a free Prolegis account to get access to Prolegis briefings today. First is the issue of taxation, which was a major topic of contention in the previous year as some legislators honed in on the crypto industry as a way to increase tax revenue. But before we get into the debate about how to tax cryptocurrency, there is the unanswered question of how to classify cryptocurrencies, as assets or as currency. To be a currency, crypto must function as a medium of exchange, a store of value, and a unit of account. In other words, cryptocurrencies must be accepted in the day-to-day transactions that individuals use to purchase and sell goods and services, and be used as a way for measuring economic value. Bitcoin markets itself as such, arguing that it can be used as an alternative to traditional fiat money or government-issued currency like the US dollar. However, regulators are not convinced. The majority of crypto transactions are not consumer-based, and many merchants do not accept them as a form of payment. Cryptocurrencies are also extremely volatile. These circumstances may change in the future, but for now, regulators interpret these characteristics as that of an asset versus a currency. If cryptocurrencies are classified as an asset, there arises a new question. Are cryptocurrencies commodities, or maybe securities? Commodities are goods like gold or grain, and commodity markets are not regulated very strictly. On the other hand, securities are a type of tradable financial asset, which include equity or stocks, debt in the form of bonds and banknotes, and derivatives in the form of options and futures. Within the U.S., the classification of crypto is somewhat unclear. Since 2014, the IRS has classified crypto as property for tax purposes, but the Commodity Futures Trading Commission claims crypto are commodities as well. Additionally, some policymakers are debating regulating crypto as securities, but the Securities and Exchange Commission has so far ruled that cryptocurrencies are not securities because they are not owned by a single entity. 
Each of these options have different implications on the tax regime that cryptocurrency would fall under. For example, should cryptocurrency be taxed as a collectible like gold, long-term capital gains may face higher taxes. Currently, the long-term capital gains for crypto sales has a maximum of 20%, while gold that is held for long-term is taxed up to a maximum of 28%. On the other hand, if cryptocurrencies are taxed as securities, they would be subject to new types of taxes. First, they would be subject to the regulation of wash sales. Wash sales occur when the owner of a security sells it for a loss and then repurchases the same security or a substantially identical security within 30 days. Losses on the initial transaction cannot be claimed on taxes due to the wash sale rule. Similarly, crypto would be subject to regulations on constructive sales, which occur when an investor makes short sales against similar or identical positions. Congress added language to the IRS code in 1997 to address those engaging in constructive sales who were effectively making short-term gains without paying short-term capital gains taxes. Section 1259 requires that such a trader pay short-term gain taxes on technically unrealized capital gains, which currently does not apply to cryptocurrency. Finally, crypto could be treated as currency. Should regulators recognize cryptocurrencies as currency, they would be treated similarly to other foreign fiat currencies. In the U.S., gains or losses in foreign currency are treated as ordinary income or loss. Some policymakers have proposed treating crypto similarly to a foreign currency. This can be done by establishing an exemption for low-value transactions in day-to-day use. So an example of this would be an exemption of personal transactions under $200 from capital gains tax. In this case, if an individual were to use cryptocurrency to pay for a coffee or buy a piece of art, they would not have to report it for tax purposes. Other than the classification of crypto, there are a number of other ongoing debates around the taxation of crypto. A priority for the IRS in the past year has been to clamp down on tax evasion, including through channels like cryptocurrency. According to a Treasury report, it's difficult for the federal government to detect illegal activity occurring through cryptocurrency transactions. One way to improve oversight of crypto is to require disclosures of these transactions. Disclosure requirements for crypto were expanded by the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act passed last year. The bill defined cryptocurrency exchanges as brokers, meaning these exchanges must now report customer information and transaction data to the IRS. The increased requirements are intended to raise $28 billion over the next decade. However, there are concerns about the implementation of this provision. Some policymakers fear that it would burden the cryptocurrency industry, as crypto exchanges argue the provision was too broad. The industry has said that without further clarification, the new rules may encourage the industry to move abroad. The cryptocurrency industry has identified taxation as the top issue they intend to work with policymakers on this year. After the break, we'll talk more about an issue that has gained a lot more attention in Congress this year. Prolegis is a new policy technology company founded by former congressional staffers and startup alums. We have one mission, to offer free tools that make it easier to learn about, track, and deepen your understanding of policy issues and legislation. We offer free features such as U.S. code redlining and a personalizable dashboard to track the legislation and congressional activity that matters to you. 
We also offer nonpartisan, unbiased information through our briefings and podcasts. Sign up for a free account today to get full access to the suite of policy tools on Prologis.com. Cryptocurrencies are consuming electricity at rates higher than some small countries, and this is only increasing. Bitcoin, the most popular cryptocurrency, consumes about 110 terawatt hours per year, which is equivalent to 0.55% of global electricity production. This is higher than the energy consumption rates of countries like Ukraine and Norway. In terms of carbon emissions, research on cryptocurrencies' carbon footprint found that a single transaction of Ethereum added more than 90 pounds of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, while a single transaction of Bitcoin added more than 1,000 pounds of CO2 to the atmosphere. Overall, Ethereum and Bitcoin emitted about 79 million pounds of CO2 in 2021, equivalent to the annual emissions of roughly 15.5 million gasoline-powered cars. As of October 2021, the U.S. overtook China as a country with the largest share of Bitcoin energy usage. This follows after China banned cryptocurrencies in September. Previously, China's Bitcoin operations accounted for 74% of the world's Bitcoin production. But why do cryptocurrencies use so much energy? Last episode, we explained that mining is the process of collecting new transactions of a cryptocurrency, validating them for accuracy, and arranging them into a new block in a cryptocurrency's blockchain, a decentralized public ledger that validates and records transactions of crypto. This process is known as proof-of-work, and the large amounts of energy used comes from the specialized computers miners use to mine or show proof-of-work. While it's ultimately a guessing game, having a powerful computer that can solve for hash values at a faster speed than competitors helps increase the chances of being rewarded. As Bitcoin has become more valuable, the increased difficulty of mining and increasing number of miners has driven the massive increase in energy consumption. Today, mining is often done in large data centers with specialized machines and cooling power drawing on a lot of energy. But proof-of-work is only one type of consensus mechanism that is used for cryptocurrencies. A consensus mechanism is a set of protocols used to make sure that all elements of a blockchain are in agreement with the rest of the network. They are necessary for security purposes to prevent an attacker from compromising the network. Blockchains do not have an administrator to provide security and validate information, and they have thousands of participants contributing towards authenticating transactions. To prevent any individual or group of people from significantly altering this network, a consensus mechanism is used to establish a set of rules of how legitimate contributions can be made. Proof-of-work keeps the network secure as it would require ownership of 51% of the network's computing power to defraud the chain. However, there are alternatives to proof-of-work that use less energy, such as proof-of-stake. Proof-of-stake is a consensus mechanism that disincentivizes fraudulent behavior by requiring validators to stake their own currencies in the network to validate a new block. A proof-of-stake consensus mechanism uses less energy because it does not require the same computational work that a proof-of-work consensus mechanism requires. Under proof-of-stake, someone would need to own 51% of the cryptocurrency to compromise the network. 
The main policy question regarding cryptocurrencies' energy use is whether cryptocurrencies are worth the amount of energy that they consume. The value of cryptocurrency is an ongoing debate, but its novelty and complexity have helped it become a lightning rod for criticism. A crucial part of this debate is the related carbon footprint of cryptocurrency mining caused by the high energy consumption. Of course, energy consumption is not directly equivalent to carbon emissions. Emissions are dependent on what sources of energy are being used to power the mining farms. Different reports suggest different numbers. A CoinShare report suggests 73% of Bitcoin's energy consumption is carbon neutral due to hydropower supporting mining hubs in southwest China and Scandinavia. A separate report by the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance states that figure is likely close to 39%. Relatedly, Bitcoin mining produces tons of electronic waste, or e-waste, annually. There are several different types of solutions proposed for lowering the energy consumption related to cryptocurrencies and reducing the carbon footprint of the cryptocurrency industry. On the former, one solution to reduce energy consumption is to shift away from proof-of-work and towards alternative mechanisms like proof-of-stake that would reduce energy consumption. Some non-proof-of-work cryptocurrencies have already cropped up, billing themselves as more sustainable alternatives. Notably, Ethereum, one of the largest crypto networks, is shifting towards proof-of-stake. Ultimately, the shift from proof-of-work to the less energy-intensive protocols of of proof-of-stake will require buy-in from the crypto networks. Options for policymakers that might reduce crypto energy consumption include establishing a minimum energy conservation standard for equipment used in mining operations, or administering voluntary energy efficiency standards, such as a labeling program for more energy-efficient equipment. On the other hand, if policymakers are more concerned about the carbon footprint of cryptocurrencies, they could create a market for cryptocurrency networks to trade carbon offsets for their emissions, or incentivize mining farms and networks to be set up on a grid that is connected to more clean energy. Policymakers have a number of options for how to move forward with regulating cryptocurrency, especially around the issues of taxation and energy use. The cryptocurrency market is eagerly watching to see what the next regulatory steps may be and how they may impact the cryptocurrency industry. That's all for this episode of the Congressional Record. Thanks for listening and don't forget to sign up for your free ProLegis account if you haven't already. You can go to ProLegis.com, that's P-R-O-L-E-G-I-S.com, to find additional show notes and sources for each of our episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handles are in the episode notes as well. Finally, I want to give special thanks to Jason Lemons and Greg Nunziata for their editorial feedback. We'll see you next week on The Congressional Record. Congressional Record